Father, we are forever grateful of your Son and everything he has and is and will accomplish in and through his power. I thank you, Father, that he takes people that are lost and he finds them and he builds a brand new life within them. I thank you that those people are me, others in this room today, and others that are still to be found that are in your heart. I pray, God, the lost would be found. I pray that the lost would come to know you. I pray the church would be coming to know you more and more. I pray, God, that we would come to know the fullness of the richness of the inheritance within the saints. I thank you, Lord, that you are drawing us into your calling. You're opening up the realm of the eternal that we can see in the unseen through the Spirit and know why, when, how, what. All the questions we have can be answered through the teacher who holds the answers to it all. Thank you that your words are life. Thank you that the flesh profits nothing. Thank you that we can know every mystery in the kingdom of God, live from it. Thank you that every promise is yes and amen for us. Thank you that you are for us, you're not against us. Thank you that you're not angry with us. Thank you that you discipline us. Thank you that you motivate, mobilize. Thank you that you build your church. Thank you that you build your kingdom in the church. Thank you that you build the kingdom through the church. Thank you that you do all things through a surrendered, submitted, humble heart. Thank you that we have nothing to fear. Thank you that we don't have to be anxious and worried. Thank you, Father, that in you, you are limitless. Thank you, you are the God of freedom. Thank you that you are the God of life. Thank you that you are the God of joy and peace, hope, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Thank you, you are the God of humility. Thank you, you are the God of the much. Thank you, you are the God of the abundance. Thank you that you never know lack. Thank you that you died and rose again. Thank you, you are the God that defeated death. Thank you that you're coming back for us. Thank you that you are God. You are the I am, and I am not. And so, Father, I will bow my knee continuously before you. I will live a life of humility before you. I will live with my head bowed, but my heart raised high with my eyes firmly fixed on above, not on the things of the earth. Thank you that my hope does not come from the earth. Thank you that my hope, my eternal hope is found in your son and your son came to earth that I may know hope. Thank you, you are the God who's limitless and you love us. And so God, open the eyes of our heart to hear. Open the eyes of our heart to see more of you I see, the more you change in me. Let my heart be overwhelmed with who you are. The more of you I see, the more you change in me. Let my heart be overwhelmed by who you are, by who Help me to believe. Thank you that believing is possible in you.
Thank you that we are becoming what we behold. Thank you that we're not looking back. We're not looking in the past, but we look to our present and our future. And thank you that we have a wonderful future in you. Thank you that it's a glorious future, along with my present is glorious. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, man. Last time that amazing man stood playing for an hour and 20 minutes, <laughs> and I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, let's give it up, man. <laughs> it was only later when I went and listened to the message, and I went, there's a beautiful sound in the background. <laughs> Have we added something to it? I found that Hamish had spent an hour and 20 minutes playing, serving ultimately God, me, and you. And, uh, but this morning, I just sensed that was the right time to release him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, believe. How many of us believe? Great. Believe. Jesus said the work is to believe. And as we've been looking at, we've been talking about, you know, works without love are worthless. And I want to talk about now, what does it really mean to believe so that our works aren't worthless, that our works are aligned to believing? So everything we lay our hands upon comes from heaven. Every work that he does in and through us is a heavenly work. And so there's such an alignment between God's heart and our heart and his will being accomplished in and through us because we're so in tune with him when it comes to believe the way he says we are to believe. It sounds so simple, eh? Just believe. And it is as simple as just believe. How many people have found it easy? Simple and easy are different things. Jesus never said you would have an easy life. He said, if you follow me simply, you'll come into a life, but it won't be easy, but it will be simple. And he takes words and just reduces this whole thing down to just really knowing him through believing in him. And he says in John 6, 29, that the work of God... So the very first work of God is to believe in Jesus Christ, whom the Father has sent. Then if you could just throw that up, it's just John 6, 29. This is the work of God that you believe in. So what do you believe in? Who do you believe in? How do you believe? Big questions. I ask a lot of questions. If you hang around me long enough, you ask me a question, I'll ask you a question back. I've learned the skill not to give the answers. Some people hate it. They get so frustrated. Would you just give me the answer? Jesus. <laughs> That's right, Anne. Jesus. He, 
simple, keep it simple. And sometimes it's right to give the answer, other times it's not, because self-revelation is the most powerful reality someone can come into when the Holy Spirit reveals the, the question, the answer to the question. So it sounds so simple. So if you're taking notes, the first work of God is to believe in Jesus. And we probably go, we all do. But what I want to talk about today is the depth of what that really means. Because what I've come to realize is there's an intellectual belief, there's a mental acquiring of knowledge through the human ability to understand facts, history, Hebrew, Greek words, and then there's this other thing called revelation. So it's fully possible through your human ability to come to believe in Jesus, but it's really a belief about, and it's not really a belief of, and it's not wrong, but it doesn't have the power that believing of of has. You see, it's like it's information that's good, but it doesn't produce life because it's not from the tree of life, which is Jesus. It comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but the root system of that tree are dead. That's why the root system has to be ripped out. See, that's why the self root system has to be ripped out because although self can actually be nice to people, it doesn't produce eternal life. That's why every human being can be a nice, good person. Hey, I'm good. We all think we're good. And there's nothing wrong with being good, but good doesn't produce revelational life. So the root system has to be rerouted and ripped, and then a brand new root system has to be implanted through belief. So before we run off and start trying to save the planet, fix everyone else, not get fixed yourself, Let's go fix every... It's so, it's so easy to focus on other people, isn't it? They're the problem. Sina is the problem because she is lost and needs finding. So I'm going to make my entire life about solving her issues, but I've got issues too. You hear that song? We got issues. You got them too. <laughs> well, you need to get with it, Anne. Yeah, come on, man. That's, like, that's one of the hippest songs out there, you know? Trying to get hit with my kids, learn all these new words. They say, Dad, you're so old and out of date. I say, your words are irrelevant. <gasps> they have all these nothing words, and they think they're cool. I remember when used to go, choice came in years ago. It was like, I was in Rotorua playing golf, and this guy went, choice. I went, choice what? It's just choice, bro. Come on, man. He's walking. Everything was choice. <laughs> That's in the 80s. Now it's scucks, and it's this, and it's that, and it's, oh, it's like, oh my good, yeah. So, what does it mean to believe to be transformed? Okay, that's the question. What does it mean to believe in such a way that we are growing and maturing in Christ and being and becoming like Him? Because a mental understanding belief will not change you. It will fill you with information, but it won't change you. And so Jesus is why he said, he said, the first work of the Father, not of you because you can't believe like you need to believe without the Father. 
This is why Jesus had to come, because man is completely and utterly stranded in himself, in the root of self, and cannot enter into life without one coming called Christ to help us believe in Christ. You see, God doesn't need us, but He invites us to be in relationship with Him, and He wants to do a work within us firstly called believe. So then as we live, every part of our life is walked in an alignment to God. So Jesus did not walk out of alignment. If I walk past this mark here, the people that are watching, good morning everybody, around this country and around the nation, I will step out of their view and they won't be able to see me. And when we step out of alignment to God, we're in our alignment, which means we don't receive the life that's written and predestined for us to receive because we're now under our operating system of believe, which is to try and mentally understand something that you can never mentally, intellectually grasp until your heart believes and then the spirit renews your mind. So the mind is important. Please hear me. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But it is a renewed mind through the power of the Holy Spirit, through coming from the heart. That's why the Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why it's always a heart issue, not a mind issue. Man wants to make it about the mind. If I just get knowledge in my mind, then I'll be powerful. No. God addresses the heart of man. Man hides his heart from God. Because when God addresses the heart of man, the heart of man gets exposed. Everything in the heart of man has to come out if you want God in the heart of Man, what for, Greg? For life. But man wants to protect his heart. Or I'll allow you in this much, or that much. Or I'll hand over this, but not that. And all you're doing is limiting yourself. That's what's so sad, is that when a person is completely unaware that all they're hurting is them, and then those around them, because insecurity and a slave can never live like a son. And that's why we hurt one another. Ultimately, we hurt one another because we don't know who we are. As soon as you know who you are, you stop hurting people. Because sons don't hurt people. Sons lay their lives down for people. But it all comes through the power of believe. So it sounds so simple. Believe. Just believe. I want to read this out. Believing in Jesus at the core of who we are is not firstly based on, number one, what Jesus does externally. And I, over the next few weeks when I'm speaking, which is in a couple of weeks' time again, I'm going to take us through John 6. And I'm not going to take us all through John 6 today, but there's so much in John 6 that I want to unpack. And I just really want to start with this one verse and leave it with this one verse around the work of God is to believe. But in this entire package, you see so much of man and Jesus. And you see man following Jesus for a whole lot of reasons. And Jesus is so in love with man, he allows those reasons, but it's for the purpose of drawing us to himself. So I've, often man hangs out there somewhere making it about the works of God, but not God himself. And so we go, oh, I believe in miracles. I just don't live a life like that. I believe God provides, but I just don't live a life where God provides. I say it, and I believe it here, but in the way I live my life, here, they are night and day. 
And I'm going to read from this book from Tom Griner very soon, a powerful statement about the unbelieving believer. But believing in Jesus at the core of who we are is not firstly based on what Jesus does externally. So it's not about miracles, prophecy, healings, feeding the poor, social justice, preaching the gospel, writing songs, ministry, etc. It's not based on that. Okay? This is all secondary, and these are outworkings of a belief system. It's not based, number two, on intellectual learning and verbal agreement of who he is and his words. So you can mentally agree that Jesus was the Messiah and not know he's the Messiah in your heart. And your heart or your life doesn't reflect what you say. It's really serious. It's called hypocrisy. You see, you profess one thing and live a completely different life. And most of the time, the only person that doesn't know it is you. Everyone around knows it. Okay, that guy is full of beep. Or that woman is full of beep. She professes a reality and she lives a completely different life. That's dangerous because what we do, we misrepresent our Father. Now, His love is covering that. Thank you for your mercy. But that doesn't make it right. So this man writes about an unbelieving believer. He says this, John Wimber termed, Believing unbelievers. According to Wimber, believing unbelievers adhere to a biblical worldview in belief. They say, I believe in healing. I believe in demons. I believe in angels. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God. But in practice, live from a very naturalistic frame of reference. They talk like Bible believers and say they believe the supernatural is present in the world, but live like those who don't. Your actions demonstrate what you really believe. Believing a biblical doctrine is not the same thing as living it. We must be convinced first. We must then first be convinced of a spiritual reality overlapping the natural. At the same time, we cannot simply believe without regard for action and engagement. If we sincerely believe something, then we must attempt to live in it. If we don't, we become Wimber's believing unbelievers and are deceived. We must be spiritual activists moving past our own natural inclinations, reaching out from our hearts to touch and be touched by the realms of the Spirit. You see, God's Word, the words always lead you to the Word. It's like a, a, a word has a meaning, whatever the meaning is. It's never about the word, it's about where the meaning, you need to find where the word's pointing you. The word, whatever the word is, is pointing you to another reality. So you can study humility, but then you need to find the life that the word humility is pointing to. Does that make sense? And we always stop at just understanding the word and humility in our heads and go, oh, that's it. No, no, there's an action, there's a substance that needs to be received and embraced to create a humble person. Because it's one thing to say you're humble, it's another thing to live a life of the humble person by the Spirit. There's a counterfeit version of humility called the flesh. And just because you do works for people and serve people doesn't make you humble. You can actually do that for your own insecurities and your own ego and your own pride to make you feel good about you. So there is a believing in the Spirit that opens up the realm of the life in the Spirit, 
which is called revelation by full conviction through the power of the Word of God that the Holy Spirit's job is to bring to light and life in you. So Jesus came to enlighten every man, woman, child about who he was, who his father was, the purposes of the father, and how we all fit into his plan. It's an incredible reality, and the key is called believe. To believe in. And what you see in John 6 is people then asking him to perform another miracle. Isn't this the way of man? And they forget he just fed 15,000 people because they don't really want to believe because the heart is wicked. So they said, hey, perform another miracle for us so we can believe. Just before that, they say, what must we do to work the works of God? Man, that's what's said in the church. He says, believe. We completely mishear it. And then we're off going, hey, what works do we need to do to believe? You've just missed the entire point of what he's trying to say because you didn't have ears to hear the word that came out of the mouth of the messenger. You're more focused on hearing the message than the messenger. And when you miss the messenger of the message, you get it twisted, and you go that way, and you should have gone that way. And so you're void of life and say, well, I believe, I believe, I believe, but you don't live. Because you can't, because you don't have the substance of the word in you, which is the power to live the life. So you are powerless to live the life of believe. You only profess you do. And that's not the Christian life. That's a religious life. That can be an institutional life. That can be an organizational life. And there's a form of life that comes, but it's not life. So it's a counterfeit life that leads you places thinking you're in something when you're actually not. But you have information about Unfortunately, guys, that's not the belief that the Bible talks about. Believing in Jesus at the core of who we are is based firstly on a powerful revelatory conviction of who Jesus is and who he is to be in our lives. It's believing in him. What name did God give himself? What name does God give himself? Gives him not a lot of names. What was the name he gave to Moses to say, I am? Did Jesus not have seven I am statements? Is Jesus saying, I am God, by going, I am, I am, I am? Is he trying to make you understand something about who he is? Seven times, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. I am. Do you know the I am? Or do you just know about the I am? Do you know the Messiah, the Lord of heaven and earth? That's very different. Why do you think he asks, who do you say I am? He's asking you, do you know him as I am? What does he say in John 6.35? I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never thirst and never go hungry. So there's a promise that's associated with believing in the I am. Have you received it yet? See why we need to believe. Not mentally agree, but believe. John 12, 36, while you have the light, believe in the 
light, so that you may become sons of light. I thought we were. You are, but you've got to become it. You get the seed to become the full demonstration of light in seed form. And the seed needs to grow into a tree. How? Through belief. How's your process of true maturity growing? How's the fruit? Can people come and pick your fruit? You don't have to sell your fruit. Let them come and pick it. Can they pick love? Joy? Peace? Are you kind? Generous? How's your fruit going? Anything happening? Because you believe. This is how singular and easy and simple this is through revelation. It's confusing, hard, frustrating through the flesh. John 14, 10, 11, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Wow. The Father does his works in me. I don't even do my own works. Philippians 2, 13 says it's God's perfect and pleasing plan to perform a work in you. You see why the work of God is to believe and not to rush off and try and do work? Because you get burnt out and you get nothing for your hard-earned sweat and toil. Zero. Which means we have to learn and come to know God. Jesus said, come to me, stay with me, learn from me, so you never walk away and out of the way I do everything. We are to go from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. Not up, down, up, down, bad day, good day, bad day, good day, bad day, good day. That's living from the flesh. That's living from emotion. Okay? When your emotions are good, you're high. When your emotions are down, you're flat. That's not living from truth. That's not believing. Believing unlocks a limitless capacity called the eternal food source called Jesus Christ. That's what the scriptures say. We've created another gospel to satisfy our lives because we're afraid of the real thing. Jack Nicholson said it, didn't he? What did he say? You can't handle the truth. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall, but you can't handle the truth. And you know what? It's true. The truth is so powerful. If you look at it through the flesh, you will shrink back. But when you look at it through the Spirit and through the lens of the sun that's in you, man, you walk towards it. It doesn't matter if the mountain is Mount, Mount Everest, you're walking up the mountain because your eyes are fixed on the one who conquered the mountain. What, through Greg, my own strength? No, through belief. Mm. Verse 11 of that, John 14 says, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Hence, we talked about why Jesus says, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And then he turns it to who? 
So he asks in general. He's the master at asking general questions, then he goes for the jugular. Okay, who do you say am? What about you? What about you? And he looks you straight in the eye and he asks you those questions. Do you, know, do you know that place? Have you found that place? Where God, the I am, turns up and starts asking you questions. The questions that I ask you, I only do it because he asked me. <laughs> I'm not going through this on my own. <laughs> you, can, you can come for the ride. And he asks you these harrowing, spine-tingling questions that you know have life and you're like... That's why they were like, don't answer. Don't utter a word, man. We've got everyone wrong so far. And you're in the presence of holiness and beauty, but that's the place you were created for. So it's like, I'm the teacher. I've come to teach. Anyone interested in being taught today? And you're going, yes, sort of. What are you going to say? Life, son. So who do you say he is? From here, not here. Because I said this last week, worship is a lordship issue. True lordship, true worship, sorry. The giving of your life is all determined by the Lord you know. The Lord you believe, the world you say, I believe. The demons believe. And they bowed down. That's interesting, eh? They worship. You're the son of God. <laughs> what are you doing here? What are we like? Do we even see it, know it when it turns, he turns up? It's one thing to believe through the mind and say Jesus is Messiah, Lord, the I am through human learning, but it's a completely different world to believe through revelation of the Spirit, that Jesus is Messiah, Lord, the I am of my life. Do you know in John 6, once again, the entire point is this. He's really saying this, do you believe I am the source of your life? Colossians 3, 4. So he's using all the miracles to draw people to ask you this question. Do you believe that I am the bread of life? I'm not just interested in doing miracles. I'm not just interested in meeting your physical needs. I want you to know and come to know that I am the source of your life. I am the provider of your life. I am your water, your food, your shelter, your clothing. I'm your everything. Do you believe I am? And does your life reflect I am that? That's what he's asking in John 6. That's what he's asking you today. And it's the power of believe through revelation that enables a person to say, yes, Lord, and my life is the demonstration of my yes. So it goes from a verbal and mental agreement intellectually to a heart full conviction. I'm so convinced and my life will demonstrate it. So there will be fruit 
in me of the Spirit, and then there'll be works being done through me that people would see that that person relies on God for all things. That's the goal. I don't know where you're at on that journey. It's okay where you're at, but are you on the journey? And are you growing on the journey? Because we're not to be stagnant. Wherever you find stagnant water, what do you define? Disease. Disease gets in, death. Your flesh profits you nothing, Jesus said. My words are spirit and they are life. These two realities look nothing like one another at the core of who we are. Okay? So the reality of mental agreement, full conviction. They look similar, but nothing like each other in the inner realm. That's why it's so hard. That's why we can all go through the motions here. Someone walks in and goes, wow, look at all those people, they sing, they're doing all these works. But inside, nothing. Dry bones. Or you can have full of life and this exuberant demonstration physically. Like, wow, look at that. This is why you have to be able to discern which is which. It's easy to put on a show. It's easy through human ability, gifting, leadership, charisma, persuasive work to draw a crowd. That's easy. I could do that like that. I've been blessed with that. I can do that. I was doing that. <laughs> oops. <laughs> That's a big oops. That way. And we need to know what it really means when Jesus said, I build my church, because there is a promise associated with that. Can you tell me what it is? I build my church and what? Yell it out, Sandra. The gates of hell will not prevail or overpower. So the church Jesus builds, flesh, world, demonic power have no hold. Flesh is gone. Why? Because I crucified with Christ. Human will got dealt to when the cross came in and pierced it. Self-will, gone. No longer. My mind needs to get renewed. My emotions get defined by the Spirit and the truth. Self-will, gone. No longer living for self. That's what Paul meant. That's what I've been harping on about. If you've been asking questions about the root of self, it's your human will that gets crucified once and for all, gone. We're not trying to, in process, not die. It's get dead and stay dead. Okay? You're not in process if you're holding on here, holding on here. That's not the process he's talking about. It's like, no, that's you. You are in process, but you're trying not to die. So you haven't even started yet. It's let go of that, two hands onto Jesus, lay hold of what Jesus had. Now the process starts. Because I'm not a, going back to a dead guy. He's dead. Too many Christians think they're in process, and the process is you're not trying to die. That's why you're not in life. You've got to be dead. Dead, dead, dead means dead. <laughs> okay? 
I was physically alive at the age of 29, but I was dead in my sin and transgression. I just didn't know it. I think I'm alive in life, in eternal life. This is life, isn't it? No, son, it's not. You're dead to life. You just don't know it. Then he turns up in your world and you realize, man, I was a dead guy walking, thinking I was alive. But I was a dead guy, dead. But I need to get dead. And I got dead when the gospel came into my heart not through a mental agreement with something someone may have said. That's just the words. You and I need the Word. And you need the Word to come and kill you, meaning your will. That's where the battle is, guys. That's why Christianity is hard. If it's hard for you, it's hard because your will is still has a heartbeat. Gung, 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 gung. Gung, gung. Sometimes when he comes, it goes, gung, 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 gung. And the truth comes, and, and we what? Run to truth, run away from truth. Run away to protect what? Ourselves. Didn't Adam do that? In the garden? And what's God doing? <laughs> we just slow down, Adam. <laughs> Not quite. And see, believe through revelation pierces the heart, and now you actually start to believe the way He has called you to believe from the beginning. And it's no longer about, I understand to believe. Now, that's human learning. I believe, and then I'll get understanding. What? Yeah, I get conviction, and then I get renewing of the mind, so I understand now. Ah, light bulb moment. Ah, aha. Not the band. (sighs) Okay, that felt flat. (laughs) (laughs) I believe through receive, I accept, my mind gets renewed, I understand. That is the way of the kingdom. Anything less than that, confusion, frustration, it's hard. Okay? You with me? Cool. The first work of God, this is in the PowerPoint if you have it there, mate. The first work of God by the Spirit of God is an inner work of belief, an internal awareness at our core through the Spirit of truth revealing the Word, Jesus Christ. This is an unshakable conviction. Doesn't matter how smart someone is, they can't argue out of that position. Doesn't matter if they're the greatest evolutionist on the planet who comes with all the theory, if you're listening, all the theory and tries to convince you that God is not the creator of this earth and the heavens. Because you've got something that never came through the mind. You have something that came through the Holy Spirit, who is the truth. And so now you have a revelation that that person doesn't have. And they can argue. And that's why you never enter into arguments, because no one wins an argument. Because an argument's not about truth. It's about right or wrong. 
And so now this whole conviction to the measure of revelation you have start to enable you and guide your life. You're able to do things or say things or be in a way you weren't before. I remember getting up in a Mormon church and preaching. I got invited. I was about a year in the Lord. I knew Jesus but didn't know a lot. And these people talked about Jesus. I thought, oh, okay, you know Jesus, I know Jesus. And they invited me to this baby dedication thing. And I'm sitting there and it's so dry. And I've got this fire because I've received a full conviction through revelation of Jesus Christ to the measure of the revelation I got. But it was a pretty big measure of revelation, so I'm on fire and I'm sitting there. I can't sit down. And I'm like, oh man. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, get ready. I'm like, what for? You're going to get up and speak. What? No, no, no. The room's about 200 people. He said, yeah, get ready, get ready. And it was Father's Day. And they're all talking about their earthly fathers and how much they love their earthly fathers. And not one word about the Father. And it was dry and dead. And I'm like, okay. oh, no. And I said to the family I was with, I said, I think I've got to get up. Because they were asking for people to get up and share testimony about their fathers. And I'm like, oh, Lord, but I don't want to get up and step outside. I just want to do my will. It's got to be your will. But this thing's starting to stir. And I can feel the Holy Spirit come upon me, in me, upon me. And he's going, you ready? And then this, the grandmother gets up and she starts talking about her father. And he says, oh, by the way, I went to one of those happy, clappy churches about a week ago. And I went... That's the word. I'm one of those guys. She said it was amazing at the service, and that was the Holy Spirit said, that's your call, you're next up, get up. So anyone else, get up there, 200 eyes looking at me. Who's this white guy? And for about 10 minutes, I let them have it about Jesus Christ and my father. And then their eyes were wider, and I went, I think I'm going to be outside in a minute with the brothers, and I'm probably the basketball that's going to get dunked or something. I don't know. The presence of God came in the room. People were captivated, not by what I said, by the presence. Because it came out of me. Because of the conviction of the God I know. And I'm like, that was amazing. And I was like, you're not going to kill me. <laughs> no. I'm like, okay, make your exit while you've got time. I'm fully convinced, are you? Now, I want to be more convinced. I'm finding that I know him, and then he shows me more of him, and it's like, I don't even know him. It's like, how does that work? And then, but you know you know him, but then he shows you more of him. And that can be even love or joy or whatever it is. It's like, oh my goodness, and it's like you've never known it. And it's more fire in you. It feeds, okay? So let's just go to Romans 8 and we'll land the plane because I'm trying to keep this small. Romans 10. Sorry. Romans 10. Verses 8 to 11. It says this. That's all right. Romans 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. Do you believe that? Look what it says next. In your mouth. In your heart. Do you believe, though? 
If I was to ask you right now to get up and start preaching, could you? Because the word is in your heart, in your mouth, ready to go. And all you're waiting for is the invitation. <laughs> Pick me, man, it's my opportunity to preach. <laughs> but could you? When you're in your workplace, do you have the word in your mouth, in your heart, ready to go for whoever? When you go to the supermarket, do you have, are we eating because you're eating the bread of life who said I am, so if you come to me, you'll never be hungry, never thirsty, so you'll always have a word. Because I am near you always, here, 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 and you are ready in and out of season. Because you believe. There's a lot in this belief thing, eh? You see, it's a believe in. It's not on the outside going, yeah, I believe in that. It's a, I like that word, babe, this morning, live in. Live in. It's living in Christ. It's not saying I live in Christ. It's actually living in Christ. So he says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which means you need to know what faith is because faith is a knowledge about a particular thing. So faith is the absolute assurance of what you hope for, the conviction of what you've unseen, but you've seen it, so you have, it's a word of life. You and I are to release the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. So that's a word that's ready to go at the what? Signal of heaven. Not because you think you should give it, because you have the commander giving you the sign, go now. So you are sent with a word. How will they know unless one comes and speaks? That doesn't mean you've got to talk about it. It's just whatever the word is. Okay? But it's a word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, here's all these ins, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes just come across the 16, Romans 10, 16. It says this, however, talking about the Israelites, they did not all heed the good news, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? You can spend your entire time in a building hearing the word on YouTube, hearing words and not believe any of it. But what you can have is a mental agreement with it all. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe. Me and Lisa were having a conversation about generational curses. Do you believe? Yeah, I believe that. But I don't activate the belief. So it's not really belief. It's called mental agreement with something. And it really does you no good. It's like, do you know who plays left back for Liverpool? Yes. How much has that changed you? It hasn't. It's like that. Do you believe he's the Messiah? Yes. How much has that changed you? It hasn't. That's a waste of time. Because Jesus came to build a house that was changing. So if we're not changing, what are we doing? We're certainly not believing. We're mentally agreeing with concepts and then giving it verbal agreement through the tongue, but that's not the tongue that has the word of faith coming off it that has power to help somebody. That's just empty words that are powerless. They sound nice and fluffy. But they don't change you. 
They don't convict your spirit. They promise so much and leave you empty. Here's a challenge for you. I may or may not ring you up during the week if I have your number in the database. (laughs) And get you to relay me back what I have spoken today in your own words. Because here's an opportunity for you to preach a word of faith that you heard on a Sunday and now you're going to activate it. Get ready, I might call you. If you have caller ID, take it off right now. <laughs> it's Simnor! Delete! Delete! Get it through, Lord. Get it through. <laughs> and you turn them off. Oh. <laughs> Last thing, verse 11. It says, For the Scripture says, Whoever believes in Him will not be disappointed. So the Scripture declares a reality. He who believes in me, as the Scripture says, from his or her innermost being, come what? Rivers of living life. Do you think you're going to be disappointed if you believe what the Scriptures say when you have rivers of living water coming out of you? Do you think there's any room for disappointment? Do you think there's any room for hurt? Do you think there's any room for lack when you are overflowing with Jesus? You've just entered into the life Jesus was in while he lived this earth. Was Jesus offended? Did he hold bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment? Was he completely full and overflowing with love? and joy, and peace, and forgiveness, and grace, and mercy. Are we not a kind of Christ? Is that the kind of seed we're of, the Christ seed? So then we are to be like the Christ? So the Scriptures tell me I'm to walk in the manner in which Jesus walked. So if I'm not in that, then I must be out of alignment to something. I'm probably not believing the way I'm supposed to because the Scriptures tell me I won't be disappointed if I believe the Scriptures through revelation. He who believes in the Scriptures from their innermost being will flow rivers of life. It's a promise. Every promise is yes and amen, is it not? So God's not the issue. My believing is the problem. They find it funny. I don't know what they're laughing at. But. <laughs> yeah, you laugh or cry, eh? You feel that? You either laugh or cry. Laugh. Learn to laugh. Learn to go, I've got a clue what that Simnor fella said, and then laugh. Don't go, oh, I feel condemned. See, when he said you can't handle the truth, it's because the flesh hears the truth and it feels condemned. That's a wrong filter to hear the truth from. You've got to hear the truth through love. You've got to be in the Spirit to hear the Spirit. You see, the natural man never appraises the things of the Spirit. He can't. But that's not supposed to be us. We've been given the Holy Spirit to appraise the things of the Spirit, to believe. Amen? Can you come play me a song, mate? The more of you I see. Let's finish on that song. 
Father, we thank you that you are the God who loves us. We thank you you are the God who builds us. We thank you that you are the God that reveals yourself in us. And today, Father, no matter where we're at, Father, we may have to step out and say, Lord, help me in my unbelief. He goes, I hear that prayer. I hear the heart cry like the man in Luke, and I'm right there. I'm going to help you in your unbelief. So if you're thirsty today, come to me. He says, if you're thirsty, you see, you've got to be thirsty for Christ. Not thirsty for the things of the world, not thirsty for the things of self, not thirsty for everything else, but you've got to be thirsty for Christ. So he says, if you're thirsty, come, because I've got living water that I'm ready to give you. And I want to help the church in its unbelief today, Jesus is saying. But if you're in full conviction, then pray for more. Because he says, how much more do you want? Man, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for all. I'm going to nick yours if you don't have it. It's what it says. The guy that does nothing, give it to the guy with 10. I'm hanging on your door. <laughs> I'm joking. A bit serious, sort of. In Christ, not your door, his door. Let's stand, eh? Let's just focus our attention. Pray a prayer of power, purpose, passion of what you are asking of Him. May the motive be pure in your heart. May you not be double-minded, but be singular-focused with a prayer that heaven hears and engages in your world right now. Lord, I thank you that you've come to set the captive free. I thank you, you said, Lord, all those who continue in my word will be made free. I thank you, Father, we can live completely free lives from every hindrance, every thought, every attitude, everything, Lord, you can make us free from the gates of hell, the flesh, the adversary, even self. You came to release us from us that we would no longer be people living for self, but dead men walking by resurrected power, dead women walking by resurrected power, bond servants of the living God, the transformational God, who are coming more and more and more into the life of Christ. So Father, we stand before you knowing we are saved, knowing we are sons of glory, knowing there is an inheritance for us. So we fix our eyes on what we can't see, but we ask you to open our eyes so we can see what's in you today, God. And may we become what we behold in Jesus' name.
Lord, let me be your resting place. The way your power can be displayed. The more of you I see, the more you're changing me. Let my heart be overwhelmed by who you are. determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of man but on the power of God. He came as a demonstration. And out of being a demonstration, he spoke so we would not look to man for the answers, but look for God that was doing the work in the man. And he says, don't rest your faith on the persuasive words, the learning systems of man. But may your faith, may your absolute assurance and conviction of Christ rest on God's power to bring all that to light and life in you. It's God's role to reveal himself, not mine. My role is to love, to live, and to share what he puts on my heart through revelation. 
and everybody else that speaks and everyone else because we're all called to speak. So that's everybody's role. Amen. So I pray that your faith is resting on power, not of man, of God. Get ready for your phone call this week. You may get one or two. It's coming. Father, we thank you for this awesome day. We thank you that today is the day of salvation. We thank you that you're speaking loudly to us, God, and desiring us all to come into the knowledge of God. Father, to release the fragrance of God and to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God now, that we can live a life, a set-apart, consecrated, holy priesthood unto you.